We're fed this lie that being a mom means we have a messy car and even messier life. It's mom life, right? From sleepless nights to showing up late for everything, the expectation is simply that we're overwhelmed and drowning. But what if I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way and it doesn't need to be your normal? I know when we hear the words Proverbs 31 woman, we bristle because it's another list of unattainable attributes that we'll never be able to measure up to. My name is Amanda Hogue and I'm here to tell you that it's literally already what God has deposited in us as women and moms. Satan would love to have us overwhelmed, defeated and isolated, but God is calling us to so much more in our capacity and his vision for us is outlined in this chapter. Thanks for joining me for my second episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to my first episode, which was on establishing spiritual disciplines as a mother and giving God the first fruits, which are the first and the best. Everything else we do as moms, and really as Christians, builds upon the time we spend with him. So that's a great place to start. Today I'm sitting down with a warm cup of coffee to discuss establishing rhythms and order in your home. I chat about how to plan my how I plan my week and my days so I'm stewarding my time the best that I can in this season. I'm home with two kids. My daughter is in school two days. I teach her school two days. I lead a small group and I work 16 to 20 hours a week. We have evening activities, we host people, we serve at a church. <laughs> you get it. How do we get it all done? and still have time to spend with our husbands at the end of the day chatting, or in my case, sit down to record this podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about time blocking and how that's helped me manage my schedule. Here are the two verses that are an inspiration for today's talk. The first is Proverbs 12:20 b but those who plan for peace are filled with joy. The second is Proverbs 31:15. Even in the night season, she arises and sets food on the table for the hungry ones in her house and for others. I know that the idea of being a Proverbs 31 woman might be A, overwhelming, or B, a joke, but I believe that that's planted inside of us. This starts with spending time in your word daily. I was reading this morning in Luke 17, 20-21, Jesus was once asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will God's kingdom come? Jesus responded, God's kingdom does not simply come by obeying principles or waiting for signs. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. As we're spending time with God, his kingdom realm expands within us, increasing our capacity. And here's the practical ways on how I manage our schedule. I certainly drop the ball and things fall behind, but for the most part, it keeps things running smoothly. I know everyone plans different, but I love hearing how other people do things just for ideas. So let's jump in. To start, I plan my week. I sit down late on Sunday after I take some time to rest and I plan out my week. I usually make myself a cup of cup of tea so I'm feeling cozy. This might include messaging people about meeting up, confirming playdates, childcare, or the people that we're planning on hosting that week. I have an old-fashioned academic planner that I use and keep my schedule on track. As a couple, we also use a shared online calendar to keep 
track of our family schedule and it's been super useful for my husband and I to remember who's taking care of what. I upload all the dates and times on my laptop and he views it on his phone. I highly recommend this method. At some point in this planning time, I catch my husband up on what's happening in the upcoming week so he doesn't feel caught off guard when on Thursday, for example, he needs to take off early to host friends or when I remind him he's supposed to be at our daughter's school for an event. Then I do my meal planning. Since I have been using this method for years, it literally takes me about 20 minutes. I write down every day what we're having, and in the winter or summer, our weekly menu doesn't vary that much. I do try to incorporate one new recipe every week to keep it interesting, plus it's fun scrolling new recipes on Pinterest. As I'm planning each meal, I jump on my grocery app and load my cart. Then I add snacks, things for school lunches, and about 30 bananas. Sometimes that is the only food that my two-year-old will eat throughout the day so I just keep feeding him bananas all day long and we go through a lot and I set the pickup for Monday afternoon boom we're done I do have to make a Costco run about once a month and there's just no way around that now I'm going to discuss planning my day now that my week has been planned I can start planning my days I've written in when I'm planning to work schedule playdates hosting and now I have a pretty good idea of my downtime This is when I take a look at my month goals and decide how much I think I can get done this week. It'll vary based on how much I'm scheduled at work that week and what other commitments I have going on. I usually way over plan, especially because it looks good on paper, but I'm learning that I'll probably only get one to three projects done this week. We moved about three months ago, right before Christmas, and I'm still in the process of unpacking, organizing, setting up the rooms in our house. Every room has needed to be painted and I'm still trying to get some of that done one room at a time. So once I decide on my projects, I determine, for example, do I need to make a stop at Home Depot for any projects I'm starting? I note and I list out everything I need. And since I'm running into Home Depot, do I need to grab any additional light bulbs? Spring is right around the corner. We're going to be planting flowers soon. So I'm probably going to spend a minute to walk through the nursery and decide what plants I'm going to buy and how much I'm going to need to be budgeting for new shrubs, etc. that we're going to be planting that spring. So I try to get as much done in each visit in each place that I go as I possibly can so that I'm not making multiple trips. After I wrap up my quiet time each morning, I reach for my planner and scan what I have scheduled that day. I notify of a meeting with my boss or a team meeting that day and I remember if I need to dress up for that. Because I work from home, it's easy to log in every day with like a slumpy tea and a top nap. Of course, every day looks different, but I'm going to give you an example of how I time block a day that I spend uh, at home for most of the day a little bit later on in this podcast episode. I know this sounds so elementary, but it is really important to me that I only get ready for my day once. I'm getting dressed once for my day, and so what I'm wearing needs to encompass all the activities that I've got planned. I also have a checklist for my daughter, the school she needs to finish, the time spent on her coding games or the Spanish app, and the chores she needs to accomplish. The stuff she can do independently is done once I've logged into work. But I'm not going to lie, juggling between being a mom, teaching my daughter's school, working, doing ministry is still a lot, even if I'm the most organized person in the world. Things fall through the cracks and I have to be flexible and laugh things off when they come. And let me tell you, I am not the most flexible person in the world, so it definitely takes 
a deep breath as I realize all of this stuff I can do again tomorrow. But real life, when I have a Zoom call with my boss, I let my daughter bounce in and out of the screen and I swear my boss loves her more than me. But also give yourself grace. It's okay to turn on the TV. I queued up with Spanish lessons and nursery rhymes, little lessons about telling time and ended up with worship from about 4.45 until daddy gets home so I can start dinner and that's when I have my power hour. (laughs) I know it sounds cheesy, but things are so much more relaxed when the house is clean for dinner so I power through an hour and speak clean as much as I can. That's usually when I tackle the dishes that I've accumulated all throughout the day. Yes, that's right. I save them until I start working on dinner. I applaud everyone who is doing dishes as they make a mess throughout the day, but that has never been a system that works for me and I'm able to get so much more done by saving them till the end of the day. And then I run the vacuum and I pick up the toys. But at the end of the day, sometimes I have to let it go. It's not as clean as I'd like, especially my kitchen. But before I head to bed, bare minimum, I set the dishwasher to run so I'm waking up to clean dishes in the morning. I am going to take a minute to talk about time wasters. When we first brought my daughter home, I was up all hours of the night feeding her and she'd take up to 45 minutes to finish a bottle. So I set my iPad to a show. I love a good story and didn't want it to end. So I set her down and I kept watching (laughs) at like 2 a.m. It took so much self-control to turn it off. My husband was gone over 50% of the time anyway, so I didn't have anyone else in the house kind of setting a schedule. And it was easy for screens to turn into an addiction. I mean, I was watching the dumbest stuff. Shows about teens competing in horse shows and their silly teenage crushes and hours and hours of Heartland. So I'm from Southern Alberta where this show was filmed and it just felt like home and I just loved watching it. It was at this point that I was challenged to follow a schedule, make plans to meet up with other moms and just get out of the house. I know this all is so elementary now, but it was life changing for me back then. Things are especially tricky for moms of littles that are considered quote unquote pandemic babies. At what point can you get out? But I'm telling you, If nothing else, meet up with your mom or a friend and go on a walk. Get you and your baby out in the sunshine while they're safely tucked away in the carrier, or better yet, carry them in a a baby carrier uh, so that they're getting that precious bonding time, and then it can also discourage other people holding or touching them if that's something that you're concerned about. But your mental health is so important and getting on walks to explore your neighborhood, getting into nature can make a huge impact. Another time waster for me was Instagram. It was so easy to scroll through an entire feeding. So instead, download a book to read or pop it on audio so that you can listen to it. This is also the perfect time to finish up your daily reading plan or binge a podcast. And when you're done feeding, you actually feel like getting up and accomplishing something. So before I wrap up this episode, I also want to talk about habit stacking. We all have a thousand habits we do on a daily basis. We reach for our phone to turn off the alarm when we wake up and maybe we unconsciously open up our favorite social app or our email app. We put the toothpaste away after we start brushing our teeth. You can take advantage of your current habit and then also build a new habit like filling up the diffusers while your coffee is brewing 
or playing your Bible app while you're doing your makeup. One of the best ways to build a new habit is to identify a current habit you already do each day and then stack your new behavior on top of it. Saying things such as, while my coffee is brewing, I'll drink a full cup of water. Or, when I take my first sip of coffee, pause to take a deep breath and thank God for another day. (laughs) You can tell I have a lot of habits that are stacked around coffee. Let me tell you, I take it serious. It might sound corny, but practicing gratitude over several parts of the day, stacking it on top of other habits that you're already doing, will dramatically increase your joy, and it arms me with the tools to respond graciously with my kids when they're not being their uh, best selves. So, while the kid's bread is in the toaster, I will start emptying the dishwasher, because my dishes are clean. I haven't stacked that last night. Habit stacks are built by saying, after I put the kids to bed, I will clean the dishes and I will clean the kitchen and set the dishwasher going. Once that new habit is established, I add, once I set the dishwasher going, I'll set up my favorite mug next to the coffee maker so it's ready in the morning. Then I'm free to catch up on my text messages and spend the rest of the evening relaxing. When new habits are stacked on top of current habits, it makes it easier for the new habits to stick. So if you're interested in learning more about habit stacking, linked a great article by James Clear, as well as his book, Atomic Habits, which I highly recommend doing on audio. And finally, the last method that I use is something called time blocking, and that is considered a time management technique where you schedule how you'll spend your time during every minute of every day. Obviously, at moms, as moms, you cannot schedule every minute of the day. So I want to just describe to you how I uh, manage my day, and hopefully you'll get something from it. So I wake up to do my quiet time for about 30 to 40 minutes, and then I'm scheduled to work from 6 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. Now, while I'm working, I know what interruptions I'm probably going to encounter, and that is my daughter's going to come down from her room. She's going to want to hang out. She's going to want breakfast and some activities. So I have a little stack of those beside me so I can just feed that to her. Uh, And then secondly, I know my husband's going to want his shot of espresso on the way out the door. So I have everything set up for me to pop up and get that out to him so it's nice and hot when he leaves the house for his morning commute. At 7.45 is usually when I'm jumping on my row machine to do my workout and that's about 10 to 15 minutes it is a really aggressive workout and so that is how long I can do and I am proud of it breakfast and getting the clothes on the kids is something that happens immediately after that I get my son up around 8 8 15 and I start a bible lesson for my daughter it's a podcast that I run for her while she is working on a coloring page while she's doing that I am showering I start my lessons for her at around nine o'clock and then after about an hour and a half of I send the kids out to play outside or either in one of the bedrooms if it's not great weather outside and I am able to do 30 to 40 minutes of cleaning because I have a bit of a perfectionist personality it can be easy to want to clean the entire house every single day so what I have done to save myself from that is I write out 
every day the chores that need to be done. So my bathrooms get cleaned on Wednesday, not every single day. My uh, floors get mopped on Fridays, not every single day. So that helps me stay on track of everything in my house, but not get lost in doing everything every day when I see it. Plus, I know that I can trust myself that it will get done this week, even if it's not going to get done today or tomorrow. At this point, I start prepping lunch and I get ready to put my son down, which is usually right at about 1230. I log into work at that time and I work for about two and a half hours till 2.30 or 3 and at 3 o'clock is kind of when I get my free time. I run errands or I read to my daughter, I set up play dates or I head out to the park with the kids on a walk just to get them outside. From 5 until dinner is when I do my power hour and I run around the house cleaning. As often as I can and as attitudes allow, I do try to include my daughter in that last little push of cleaning in the day. And if she hasn't completed her chores for the day, that's when they do get done. Or she does additional things like picking up toys just to help around the house. And she loves feeling a part of the team and getting that praise from me in the moment. And then obviously later when daddy comes home, we praise her as well. So try to include your kids in it as much as they can. So as we wrap up this episode, I wanted to end with an activity. If you can just take a moment and think about the worst part of your day. Is it getting the kids out the door in the morning? Is the worst part of your day the hour before dinner? Or is it the hour before bedtime? I know these moments will just pop into your head and just make you cringe. Maybe it's because it's absolute chaos, or maybe it's because we're just, you're just not armed with the best tools in order to make that part of your day run efficiently. Now I want you to stop and ask God for a strategy. I'm going to read this first Proverbs 12, 20 B again, but those who plan for peace are filled with joy. Friend, God is literally asking us, plan your days for peace. Don't let chaos reign in your house. Where chaos is, it's it makes it so easy to have a short fuse and not show Christ to our children in the best way that we possibly can. Another reason why it's so important to manage our schedule is because God could be calling you to grow your capacity to let in one more friend or encourage another mama to start a part-time job. Whatever reason it is that God is calling you to increase and grow your capacity to live a more organized and structured life over time or even right now, he will show you that reason. And in the meantime, it'll just be a more peaceful environment in your home. Once you feel like God has given you a strategy for the hardest parts of your day, take a moment to just write those out. This is a tactic that can work for every part of your life and not just the frustrating parts of your day. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today as I discussed another tenant living out motherhood with intention inspired by the Proverbs 31 woman. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, I'd be so honored if you'd share with a friend.